Hey, my name is Dr. TK, and on this podcast show, we will uncover abundant tools to help you become the CEO of your business and life. I am a mom and wife who took the knowledge as a clinical psychologist, working for a government agency, and being a professor for over 18 years into building a multi-six-figure mental health business and seven-figure digital product business and doing what I love. Now, I believe that you can make a wildly abundant living and become unapologetic while also dreaming big, enjoying life, and making a huge impact in your community. This is the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. All right, welcome everybody to the Eat and Breathe Your Niche Instagram Live. Super excited. My name is Dr. TK, licensed clinical psychologist and the number one therapist business coach. And so as I had mentioned earlier, we had a Dope Therapist Academy call um, this morning. We welcomed in a new cohort at the end of August, but we also had overlapping cohorts. Technically, we always have overlapping cohorts because our students come in and they're able to get alumni access. But we had also welcomed a group of students back into June. And so those cohorts are pretty much overlapping in addition to any alumni that want to come back to refresh their private practice. All right. So um, why this topic? When we do our coaching calls, we go based on our framework, B-R-A-N-D, blueprint, where are you going in your business, reach How do you reach your ideal client? A, how do you set up automation in your back office at least 75% for your private practice that can then start positioning you for streams of income that are successful? N is for niche. And we have a course shell that teaches them certain things, um, but if they want feedback, they need to bring it to the coaching call. So what I decided to do is like overly prep for this call. Typically, I see if there's any Q&A and then we dive deeper into those particular topics. But I always have in the back of my mind something that I can pull from the portal so that if for whatever reason people act like they don't have no questions, I can still pull up a topic and then all of a sudden people got questions. And then next week when we meet or next time is going to be on delegation. So first, let me share my basic formula for niche. So do me a favor. Let's just act like it's a coaching call right now. It's an Instagram coaching call. So put a one in the comment box if you know your niche. Okay. But I'm going to give you the formula, but put a one in the comment box if you know your niche. Okay. Um, if you went to that boot camp, you better have your niche in order because I was in there, you know, giving y'all feedback and stuff. And so the niche formula is as follows. Think about it like A plus B equals C. Okay. A plus B equals C. So the A is the who. I see a lot of ones. Good job. <laughs> so the A is the who. Who do you serve? The B is what problem do you solve? Equals the C, which is the transformation. Write that down. Who do I serve? Plus what problem do I help them solve? Because nobody's going to pay you premium dollar if you can't solve no problem. Hello. (laughs) And then equals what will life look like? What will their career, their family, whatever the areas of the life will that are impacted by whatever the problem is, how will their life look differently after you've helped them solve their problem? So in therapy, we typically talk about that as it relates to like the miracle question, but that's all the niche is. So like put a two in the comment box of y'all be overthinking. Now, some of y'all have your niche, but you still overthinking with how to show up and reach people in terms of your niche. And I'm, I'm one of them. I'm a avid overthinker. Okay. Where I have to reel myself in, or I have to have other people around me or past coaches or mentors, even a podcast be reeling me in like, yo, did you create this for me? And I feel like it's church. Right. So I, I see some twos. All right. So I feel like I'm speaking like to my community. 
So that's the formula for niche. Okay. So if you see me looking to the left, I am looking at my notes. All right. So some of the things that I had the DTA students do in a group today. So if you weren't on the DTA call, go over to the Facebook group because we did give you like a step-by-step of what we did, but I do want to give you an example of what a coaching call would look like. So some of the questions we asked them to think about and do in a breakout session with other therapists where it's never long enough. If we could probably do a breakout session for a whole session, they'd probably do it. And so why did you choose your niche? You do want to take some time and journal on that. So this was their homework assignment, right? I see a lot of tools. (laughs) Y'all overthinking your niche. Come on. Who? What is the problem? What's it like going to look like? That's it. Like you're only going to perfect it if you keep putting it out there and you keep helping people solve their problem and you allow them to give you social proof and say, oh my God, this done blew my mind. Oh my God, my life is different. Thank you so much, right? And so why did you choose your niche? You do want to know why you went into that direction or why are you choosing to work with a certain group of people? Maybe it's a past experience. Maybe it's a past job. Maybe it was that one client that you felt like, oh my God, I don't even want to end treatment with them, but you know you have to because you're not their friend. You're the therapist. And if you start feeling like it's just too friendly, it's, it's probably like done. <laughs> okay. So with that said, why did you choose your niche? What makes you stand out in comparison to other people who serve that same niche? So I gave the example of me, right? When I first started doing business coaching for therapists specifically, there was not a lot of people 10 years ago. I was doing a lot of stuff behind closed doors. And then in mid 2019, I really started getting my face out there on places like Instagram and some places like Facebook Live, Periscope telling, you know, my time in marketing, right? And so with all of that, what ended up happening over time is that I realized that when I was asking people what attracted them to me, they were saying things like, and put this in the chat box, like what attracted you not just to my product or services, but to our community? Because that's really what I go after is welcoming people into our community. We're, we're a family, right? So when you go into DTA, we're like, what's up DTA family? When you go into the mastermind, you ECM sisters and brothers, right? So we honor our community positive system. So some of the things that I've heard is I like your transparency. I like that you are straightforward. I like that you actually share real life stuff and not just fluff bars. Right? I've also heard people talk about that I do bring up pitfalls. There's not a lot of people that will share their pitfalls. They'll just showcase like where they are now, right? So Kelly said, your authentic energy and vibe. Um, Yes, yeah, we talk about how therapists should be able to make money, be rich, fly first class, even though you make it do that anyway. But I'm just saying like, you are able to do other things that other professions are doing. And I usually give the example of medical doctors, no shade. But I'm like, you know, They can literally go out here and like give somebody a whole new body, right? (laughs) And charge like 10,000 just for like one section, right? And they've changed someone's life. They've increased somebody's self-esteem. It's worth that 10,000. So therapy isn't worth 10,000 for like a treatment process, right? That's going to help you clear out your baggage, help you go and feel good in whatever body you choose to be in, you know, to each his own, right? Dr. Angela, that you think outside the box and reaching and making connections bring. So what I keep seeing as a trend and y'all want to, I just did a poll in your audience because that's what we're going to talk about today. So what did a couple of people say? Bring yourself authentically. And that's when my business blew up when, not that I was showing up fake, but I just kind of like had a leash on the other side of me, whether it be 
Um, you know, I'm always proud of where I grew up at, but sometimes, you know, that can lead into another conversation that I just don't want to talk about. Like, don't ask me if I'm from gangs. Like, it was just like crazy stuff that people would ask simply by asking where I grew up at. Like, they were more intrigued by that than my degree, right? More intrigued by the fact that I worked in jails versus the transformation that I was working with people that were in the jails, right? So I started to contain a little bit about my background until I felt comfortable and trustful around certain people. But now it's just like, I don't care. <laughs> like, uh, my tagline is, if I'm not your cup of tea, don't culture me. If I'm not your cup of tea, don't listen to my podcast. Don't don't show up on Instagram. It's good. You can, you can still watch though. You still gonna grow, okay? So let's go ahead and get into it. So I wanna give you 10 things because I gave DTA four. So let's, let's go through all 10. I want to give you 10 ways of engaging deeper into your niche. Okay. But let me give like a prefix, right? Like a little disclaimer. So the reason it's called eat and breathe your niche is because when people see you, they need to say, boom, that's the therapist who does that. That's the therapist who works with X. That's the therapist who helps you transform X. They're the speaker. They're the keynote speaker. They're the coach. Whatever the title is or what you want to be known for, when you walk down the street, that should be your goal. Like when you walk down, anybody who knows who you are, even from online, right? Because we can reach the masses online. Somebody should know what you're known for outside of just being a therapist. There's thousands, millions of therapists, but what makes you different? Okay. So if you're on here, you're not a therapist. It's cool. If you have a business though, it, it applies. Meaning how can you get your uh, name for what you do out there to the masses? So let's go ahead and dive in. Number one is you want to provide value driven content. So in our coaching call this morning, a lot of people said that they need to hone in on this. Some of you are doing it, but you're not doing it consistently. So what this means in terms of adding valuable content to online platforms, blogs, however you present information, it can be in the following because the goal is you're helping your customers or client base grow, even if they're a prospective or potential client or customers, right? So it could be in uh, different variations. You can give tips, you can do uh, insights. You can do case studies. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to mention storytelling, right? I've realized that people latch on more when I combine strategy tips or whatever I'm adding as value, how to do something, whatever, when I add a storytelling. Get this. Like, <laughs> I haven't done these in a while, but when I buy luxury goods, like I think the last one that I had did, with uh, the abundance fund is like some Balenciaga shoes that I need to sell because I don't like them. I mean, they they cool, but I don't like the way they fit around my uh, ankle. And so when I bought them, I showed how I bought them. But then more specifically, I led in the video with, hey, do you have an abundance fund? Are you a CEO in a business? Do you have your own business, but you have not set aside money to invest in what you like versus just buying stuff for the business? Like, that's great. But are you taking a small percentage? I don't care if it's 1%. Are you taking 1% up to 10% and putting it into a fund where when you find something that you really like, you can pay yourself to go buy that? So I always attach whether it's travel or luxury goods to, but this is what I want y'all to take away from it. And that's what a lot of our community latches onto is a, a storytelling. So don't just be dry and say, here's how to tip one. Here's how to tip two. I mean, look at how I'm even talking. Am I saying like, okay, let's define niche. 
Like that, y'all, half of y'all would have logged off by now, right? So you can do how-to guides, you can do case studies. And I say storytelling because therapists are great storytellers by nature. Because if I asked you right now to hop on Zoom and give me a case study about one of your best clients, you would probably not even need to look at the chart to tell me a lot of things about that client because clearly you were attracted to that client and they were attracted to you. What did they get out of treatment? I'm sure you can't remember because you liked that client a lot. Put a one in the comment box if you know right now, you can give me a case study if I ask you to. Even if it's from pre-internship, practicum site, a old job, it don't matter. I've got case studies for days, right? And it could be kids in jail that I got case studies for from like seven years ago. I still remember them like they happened yesterday. So write down how can I tell more stories without breaching confidentiality so that people can resonate with the character or characters in the story. Okay, think about why y'all read books. So number one is provide value-driven content. But if you want to add storytelling behind it, you can. Number two is engage with other influencers. Now, it doesn't have to be like an influencer YouTuber. It can be anyone who has influence. So identify and engage with influencers in your niche. Okay, that's, that's a tip. They could be collaborating with you on a project. They can conduct a joint live session. So this is something that I've told our DTA students over and over again, especially because they're in accountability groups. Y'all don't have to like do the exact same thing. You can be in the therapy space and maybe your goal is to help all families live great, right? But what does families encompass of parents, blended families, children, grandparents, right? And so let's just say if somebody that I was in this group with or a therapist friend, they were the expert with parenting. I was the expert with difficult teens. You don't think we couldn't do a live together? We can do one live on their platform because their people know them and they can introduce me to say, hey, any of you parents who work with difficult teens, I have my good friend on here, my colleague, Dr. TK, and they just interview me. That's some of the best and easiest like episodes in terms of interviews It's just interviewing somebody versus trying to just create the content on your own. Does that make sense? And then vice versa, they can then come on mine. Now, let me also be clear. Just because you feel like you want to be on somebody else's platform don't mean that they're going to either invite you or accept your invitation. They don't have to. They may already have their circle. They may already have their go-to people. So don't get into y'all emotions if somebody is not getting back to you. The, the rule is you will typically get nine no's before you get one yes. And these days, just because so many people are online, you probably get 90 no's before you get the 91st yes. The, the thing is, do you have the stamina to withhold being told no to? Because we, I'm pointing upstairs. We tell our kids all day long, you better learn how to accept no for an answer, but you can't even accept no for an answer. And your rationale may be, but it's coming too much. It's coming too often. Well, a five-year-old may feel like we saying no to him every single minute, right? Because everything he asks for is like the same thing over and over again. But at the end of the day, he's persistent. I'm talking about my son. He wants to go to the pumpkin patch. It ain't open. Five, 25 times a day. For the last three days, this kid didn't ask me about the pumpkin patch. He's persistent. So what do I do in my mind? I think about the therapist I serve. I'm like, only if we could be five-year-olds again. Because five-year-olds can dream big. They have no limitations. Put a two in the comment box if y'all see this in y'all kids. And you, and I want you to start reframing how you see your pissed offness as their perseverance. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good, right? So I just made that up. But I'm being real. Like, sometimes I just have to remove myself and then go laugh and not be frustrated like, 
This kid ain't giving up. And I don't want to take that away from him ever, ever be very careful about the message that you're sending to children. <laughs> okay. All right. Boom. Oh, so engage other influencers, be a guest and allow them to be a guest. It, it should be reciprocal. Also, you want to let them know how you can, how your information, your content, um, your presence can benefit their audience. Your entry should not be, it can benefit your audience because I got a boot camp coming up because I'm launching my program. That, that You trying to sell my audience something. And granted, that still may be the case at the end, but that ain't what I want to hear when you're first coming on my platform. Like, I don't even trust you, right? <laughs> All right. Then, then, yeah, let me see. Two all the time. Then they ask why I'm mad. Look, just, just walk away and be mad and then laugh and reframe. All right. That's two, engage with other people. Number three, of course, video content, right? So encourage your audience to engage with you on a live stream. It can be on any platform. The, the platform, ideally, that your clients are at, um, not just the one that you want to show up to, right? Um, it could be like clearly Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn. Um, there are some things that you can do on Pinterest now, but you want to make it more engaging so that they can engage with you back. This is how you build up your trust in your community. You can also think do things if you're more tech or like I like tech stuff. And so I'll go to StreamYard and sometimes I'll stream stuff like this on YouTube Live or Facebook Live. Those platforms do cost, but they're not expensive. They're not like high. I'll say high in value, right? But it's worth it depending on what you're doing with it. I like to host my boot camps there. Um, you can do tutorials, webinars, Zoom calls, Q&A sessions. And the goal is that you position yourself as the industry leader. So let's see. I feel awkward asking therapists I don't know to do a live with me. I am open for any lives with any couple's relationship. So you, you post literally that. Say, hey, I'm interested in going live with other therapists in particular for the month of October. I want anyone or not anyone, but I, I would love to connect with any therapist who does couples and relationship. Let's just say if that's the case. Right. So if that's the case, then just tell them what to do. Like, can you DM me and then ask other therapists to share it with other therapists that they know are in the relationship arena? Right. But close mouths don't get fed. You have to put yourself out there in order for people to even know what you do and what you desire to do. Okay. So video content is number three. Number four, regular interaction. So I know that I've been on, uh, I mean, I ain't going to say I've been on a hiatus. I've been in my stories every once in a while over the last 30 days, but I've really taken a step back and a break because we know in the fourth quarter, we go extra hard. It's like another open enrollment period, but it's for a program that typically opens up once a year. We also have a Vegas conference coming up. Live events take a lot of energy from me and my team, and we're doing a whole lot of stuff offline. So I decided I'm not going to record any podcast episodes up until today, right? And I just really want to focus on what direction um, I want to take my energy to show up as best as I can for the clinicians, the therapists that are coming to that conference. Okay. Because they're seeing me live. And I mean, if y'all think I'm fun and comical here, I mean, we gets down. Okay. Especially in Vegas, Lord pray for us. All right. So regular interaction. Okay. You want to interact often as consistent as possible with your community. I don't like to say the word followers because it just, it don't even sound right. I like the word community tribe, you know, and you may want to start using those words interchangeably too, versus saying, thank you for, a thousand of my followers, like my followers, like, first of all, you don't own nobody on Instagram. Uh, secondly, I would prefer you maybe to say community something, right? Just let people know that they're more than just a number. 
Okay. It's different if you're like, we post like, oh, we have this amount of downloads. We have, you know, congratulations to this amount of YouTube subscribers. Like, okay. But in my context, I'm not sitting here saying what's up number three subscriber. I'm like, no, thank y'all for joining the community. It warms my heart. Like I'm talking to y'all just like I'm talking right now. (laughs) Right. So have regular interaction. Now, the way that you can do this is some of the following. You can uh, do polls, like poll your audience. Um, some of y'all need to have baby focus groups, like get a group of people that are within a realm that you need to research and actually start shooting them questions. Y'all can create a private DM for this and like rename the DM. Um, you can get like, let's just say if I do couples therapy and then three of my friends do couples therapy, let's all get together and brainstorm in the DM. It don't always have to be on Zoom. Some of y'all Zoomed out since 2020, like just text, right? I get to it when I see it. Okay. And we all saw when you saw it, right? So get in the DM, quiz your audience, but your polling and quizzes should be directly related to your niche, right? So for those of you who are like all of y'all on Instagram, but some of y'all are not in our community. So we have a free community right here on Instagram and it's called the Abundance Corner and Therapist Streams of Income. The reason those groups are different is that the abundance corner is getting things like maybe like at one point I was doing like daily prompts or every Monday prompts. This is going to take somewhat of the place of the text messaging because we're actually moving away from that platform due to I do a whole nother podcast episode about that and not being aligned with the the company, not necessarily the service. Right. Um, But that's when I realized we were going to move. I started these communities. And so abundance corner is all things abundance. This is mindset. This is the psychologist side of me focusing on how you can have a, a better mindset to have the things that you want, how to show up better in your business and other areas of your life. Right. However, in therapist streams of income, my goal is to really help them focus on what are going to be the things that will move them to their next phase. So certain polls that we have in that group, you may not see it if you just join like today, but in that group, I will poll them on what streams of income are y'all interested in or who's more interested in group practice versus expansion. I'm asking specific questions related to the group topic. Don't veer off and tell somebody to sign up for something and then you offer something completely different. That will again, lower trust in your audience. Okay. Number five, user generated content. So you want to, you can, I'm not saying you have to, you can do things like challenges, contests, certain campaigns to gear people toward one piece of content. Um, and it could be free promotional content. So the way that our business structure fits into that, like user generated content is when we just had our last Dope Therapist Academy private practice bootcamp, um, it was like hashtag work from everywhere, anywhere. We hosted it on YouTube. We did a lot of engagement in the DMs if they had questions, but we mainly helped them focus in our Facebook group. So they were generating a lot of the conversation based on their takeaways from the free bootcamp. And then I went in there and then I answered you know, a lot of the questions and then I pulled some of the stuff back into um, the live. But a lot of the stuff even that I was bringing up in that bootcamp was based on what they were saying in terms of where they were stuck. Same thing with our DTA and our mastermind community. Depending on what their questions are, it may not be appropriate to bring it up in our coaching program. Prime example, I don't teach Facebook ads. However, one thing that I will tell my clientele is don't jump into Facebook ads and blow money if you don't understand Facebook ads. It is a little bit more than just boosting your posts. There's a whole Facebook side to it and all you see is the Instagram side. So one of our students had asked this uh, two coaching calls ago. So I had told them in the Facebook group, like, oh my God, this is a great question, but DTA, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole because Facebook is like a whole, whole two semesters in college if you go all in with one class. So what I'd rather do is create 
a podcast, whether it be audio or a mixture of video and audio, or maybe something like this, where it may be one or two parts. Okay. The first part can be live. The second part will probably need to be pre-recorded because I need to do certain things on a screen, but like black out my information to like show people what is behind a actual Facebook ad because it, it is not a game. Right. So with that said, they are telling me what they need and it's great questions. It's just not appropriate for the community that they're in. Okay. So let me just do a little pulse check for those of you who've been with us almost since the beginning Thus far, I've went through half of them. Put a one in the comment box if this, if this is helpful to like hear me talk about it. So how to get more exposure, especially on social media for driving people to your niche to help them know, like, and trust you included that the first five was provide value driven content, engage with other people who are in your same niche, video content, uh, regular interaction, like polls and quizzes, and then user generated content. Let your audience tell you what they need. Okay, cool. All right. So let me do the last five. Um, So the number six is share testimonials and success stories. Now, I know that if you are doing therapy, there is an ethical way to do this. Um, I will tell you this because it's in simple practice. You just got to know where it is. I don't use any other EHR, so I can't tell you where to go. But if you use simple practice, go into the template library and just like control find the and type in the word testimonial because it's a lot of uh templates in there. When you scroll down, one of our students highlighted this. They added it in 2021, I believe. One of our students, Brittany, have found it uh, because they constantly are adding forms, but they don't alert you when they add forms. So what's beautiful is they Simple Practice has created a HIPAA compliant testimonial questionnaire or a form that a client, ideally a client that's graduating, but I'll give you another tip. Um, a client that's graduated or graduating from treatment. They can either either fill out a form in which they don't want their name uh, to be shown, like their information, or one where they don't need to be de-identified, you know, kind of thing. But we still want to protect the clients, right? <laughs> yeah, it's in my intake back now. Awesome. Now, on the flip side, let's just say if you're like, but gosh, I really want to attract more people while I'm seeing these clients. I don't have any clients that's about to graduate. Like all of my clients are new, Dr. TK. Like I'm going to be seeing these clients into the new year. Okay, so what is that most most ethical thing to do? One is, are you receiving referrals from other human beings? Can you get testimonials from them? Odds are, if they're making referrals, those people are going to go back and tell them what great work you're doing. So can you follow up with them? The penny is in the follow-up. Can you go talk to those people and say, hey, you know, thank you so much. Like, thank people for making referrals. But ask them, like, you know, um, would you mind sharing with me any general testimonials about how potentially my services has helped like clients show up in your arena and they may have their own laws about what they can and cannot do. So you just have to adhere to that, right? Another thing that you can do is really just highlight what the client is saying about your services. So in a testimonial, you're not going to put happy client and then put exactly what they said. You're going to reflect on maybe your treatment services. So for example, if I'm using one technique that I do during intake, I've had a lot of clients that says, you know, the way that you get the information from me, it don't feel like a damn like interrogation room. You feel me? And depending on my mood, I'll say it just like that. I can put out a quote right now and say, you know, a lot of my clients have said that I have the bomb.com intake process because I have this technique that I use. And they told me, I'm, they telling me all the information without realizing that they telling me. Right. So it's a fun thing that I do with them, but I would use what they're telling me about what it's doing. And I would just use that as a paraphrase statement without saying such and such client, because I can't do that when they're in therapy. You're not supposed to be asking for testimonials when someone is in treatment. 
Okay. So share testimonials and or success stories. And this is for any stream of income. So prime example, I used to have a line of mugs. There's a trademark situation with the word dope therapist. So hence, I don't sell those mugs no more. And so, but what I used to do though, when it wasn't a trademark situation, this was in 2020, a lot of our therapists in our community on Instagram have bought those mugs. Some of them, you know, still have them and post them or whatever. Fine. Uh, But I don't have a store anymore. So what I used to do once a month is I would tell our DTA students, hey, like, let me see you drinking on your coffee and tea. Let me see you look cute. You know what I'm saying? Look handsome, whatever. And so they would send a picture of like in front of their computer, getting ready for the day. So you want to ask people who buy your products or services, can they show like the audience or send you a video if they don't want to post it on their stuff of actually using it? That is very different than therapy, right? Unless you just want a straight up like testimonial video, which is fine, especially if it's like digital products. Okay. Number seven, if you use hashtags, this is not a mandatory thing because it's kind of like dying out anyway, but if you do use hashtags, please use hashtags relevant to what you're posting on social media um, or on YouTube. And then also make sure that it's within your industry. Okay. So I caught this like early on, even when I was doing health coaching, I would like laugh because like some of the girls, I mean, not laugh like that, but some of the girls would like post, you know, a sexy workout video kind of thing, showing they ass, like get them right. Like I'm cheering them on for that. But then I'm looking underneath the, the post and it's like hashtag basketball wise of Los Angeles. Right. And I'm like, so after I saw it a few times and they were not therapists, so they didn't even know that. I, well, they knew that I was doing these kind of workshops, but they thought they couldn't come because it was therapists. And I'm like, y'all follow me. It's OK. And so I told some of them like, yo, come to the point where I started hosting for the health coaches Instagram trainings, right, to show them what not to do. And this was like five to six years ago. And one of the things that I would tell them to do is like you we at the gym and you talking about all these dudes are following you. Well, we see you with a sports bra with a very uh, luxurious curve situation, right? You popping, right? You earn that body, okay? But you're using hashtags that are attracting people who look up stuff related to that content. So like if you're doing stuff on parenting, look up parenting hashtags. If you're doing things on relationships, look up relationship hashtag. If you do things on travel, um, if you want to put the location, be mindful. If you're traveling, I, if you notice my trend, I rarely, unless I'm doing a live event, that is the only reason why I would post like in the moment, right? Anytime after that, like that's why my family believes that I'm still maybe out of town because I'll either post totally when I get home, if I really want to be in the moment, depending on what kind of trip it is. And, or let's just say if I'm going to Walt Disney world, I may stay at two different resorts because we want to do what's called a split stay. The last one y'all saw was at Grand Floridian and at, at Walt Disney World and Polynesian when I was on that water. People thought I was at the Grand Floridian, but I had already checked into the Polynesian. I will never post and use hashtags because when you use hashtags and when you geotag your location, people in that area see you posting because they're trying to find stuff to do, which is fine. I want to influence people to do fun things, but I don't want to do it while I'm there. Put a one in the comment box if you understand that your safety is of the essence. And if you think, oh, I'm just a therapist, like, listen, I can tell you some stories about some stalkers. <laughs> okay. All right. So hashtag strategy that will increase your visibility to a degree because they don't really push it out like that. Um, number eight, engage in trending topics. Now there is a disclaimer here <laughs> and please listen, whenever there's a trending topic relevant to your niche, hop on it. So kind of like what the hashtag basketball wives don't do, right? If I don't know if she's on, well, I don't think she's on here, but 
Keandra Jackson is really good at this, right? She uh, launched a YouTube channel this year and she is, I'm gonna say the number one relationship coach, a uh, therapist, right? So she, all she focuses on is healthy relationships, okay? So she clearly knows her niche. She's painted it all over the wall. But what does she do when it comes down to engaging in trending topics? One of her most recent videos in the last 24 to 48 hours was... She does these recaps, but infuses her niche and understanding of it and helping people understand it, kind of like a case study perspective from time to time based off what I've seen, right? Is that she will link her niche to the trending topic of that video. That's a very smart thing to do. I did that before in 20, I think it was actually before I started doing these PTSD in the hoods. And so I believe it was 2018. It was when Taraji P. Henson, that was when the Boris L. Henson Foundation first got like put out in the open. Um, her and Tracy were on there from the Henson Foundation telling people what it was. Then I think the episode before that, they had YG talking about why he didn't want to go to a therapist because he felt like, you know, a lot of therapists don't even understand what it means to see somebody get killed and shot. You know what I'm saying? And then his homies that went to therapy did not have a good experience. So I did a whole live in my private practice office at that point. And I did get emotional as I was talking about it because, you know, we from the Compton or whatever. But what I got emotional about is that there's a lot of people even in the celebrity industry that come out of the hood. Um, and because we know that PTSD ain't good, but we're exposed to it anyway. And therapists were not taught how to just divulge our personal information that comes with trust and knowledge and platforms like this. A lot of people in that scenario will stay away because the way that they see us online is very much strategy tip, strategy tip. So that's why I'm sharing all this with you because depending on who your clientele is, people in 2023 need to see the more authentic version of you, not the polished, only pretty all makeup. Like I ain't got a no filter. I got this ring light, do what it do. Like I got a hard press, made my hair hella thin or whatever, but it is what it is. I'm not about to sit here and beautify myself for every single video because at the end of the day, I just got off the couch with my husband and said, I think I'm gonna do a live right now. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to do this probably until Thursday or something like that. But I felt the intuition, like the nudge to say, go record it right now. And so I did. And I wasn't even gonna do a video. I was gonna do an audio podcast, but I'm like, no, they told me they like me on video. Y'all did. So I do video. Okay. So engage in trending topics. Number nine, collaborate with complementary niches. So what you want to do here is you want to collaborate with someone in your exact niche and then have a dialogue about, again, we talked about this earlier, how you can help one another out. So for example, I'm going to use Dr. Roche. Dr. Roche is a clinical psychologist, just like me. Some of y'all are familiar with her. She comes and talks to our community about financing, cash flow. And then she's also going to be at the conference talking about seven figure masterminds in terms of like what to gear up for if you really want to make money, like what kind of mindset do you got to have and stuff like that and, and cash, cash flow, like money. And so one of the reasons why I bring her on my podcast from time to time is really just to highlight this mindset from therapist to therapist about why investing in yourself is vitally important. And some of the things that we've learned after being in like four to five masterminds in the last almost decade at this point, right? From investing in uh, psychoeducation and personal development for free 
through podcasts and YouTube videos, going to live events for a low cost, hundred bucks, all the way up to programs that cost anywhere between twenty-four and $50,000 for a mastermind. Am I saying that you need to go and invest in something like that? I'm not saying that, but there is a reason as to why those masterminds are that amount if you find a good one, right? And there are good ones, okay? So collaborate with other people that can help add value to your content. Don't just have somebody come on your platform because you want like they following. Like, I just want all these people to follow my page. If that's your energy, even if you don't say it, it's going to feed with that person, even based off how you show up. And they're not going to want to do business with you. Even if it's a free live, it doesn't matter. It's their time. Right. And they value their name. Their brand is their name. Okay. Number 10, show behind the scenes. So we did talk to our students about this this morning. People love to see what goes behind the scenes. So let's rev up for whether, put a one in the comment box if you're going to anybody's live event in the fourth quarter. From October to December, are you going to anybody's live event? Whether it be our conference or anybody else's, I don't care if it's a church gathering, right? I don't care if it's a CE workshop. Let's just say even if you're going to someplace online, you want to start taking your audience behind the scenes. And this is what you should be doing, right? I know that it feels a little weird, for example, as a therapist to take the camera and, you know, walk the camera into a conference that's helping you scale your business because you may be thinking, oh my God, clients are going to think that I'm all about the money. And that's not true, but you have to educate your clientele on why you are there. So the way that I would do it when I used to go to live events or I'm I'm going to one um, in November in Florida is that I would say things like I will rev up my, especially if I'm going to Florida because I'm a Walt Disney world, like Mickey Mouse, like queen. right? So I would take them through packing. That's where all my little family vlogs come in. Um, I would do some reels because we can't record the content in the room. And then I would go over like, even on an audio podcast, what did I learn? Why am I sharing this with you? So let's just say if therapy clients were watching me go behind the scenes, well, I'm trying to show up as a better business owner so that I can provide high quality services to all my clientele. I don't want my business to be closed. I got to stay up to date. Just like you expect that therapists and other doctors and other professions will stay up to date with their CEs, right? If you're going to like the conference has CE workshop embedded in it. So why can't you, I wouldn't say take a picture of like, like your folder or whatever we're going to give you, but you can take a picture of you and other therapists having fun. Like, look, I'm expanding my reach because sometimes I get phone calls from therapists that's in Cali and I'm all the way in Texas, but we out here in Vegas. So I mean, therapists from all across the country so that when people, for whatever reason, stumble across my information and I can't serve them, now I have people to hand you off to. Put a one in the comment box that like, that's a no brainer. Right. But you're not thinking that far. When I hear when when some people hear behind the scenes, you think I'm talking about walking into this home office and getting on the computer. Okay, that's fine. But we don't want to just see you working on the computer all the time. Other ways that I've showed behind the scenes is when I'm having a launch. I remember like it's back here, but I have one of those uh, big yearly calendars. And at one point I had one that was like dry eraser. So when I was getting prepared for the launch, I did a reel that was in super hyperlapse time. And I would like I just press record. I was dressing like some tights looking like I just came from the gym. I didn't care. But I'm like, I'm about to show y'all what it looks like behind a real launch because it ain't cute. So I erased everything on the board. I wrote out the topics on the board. And then at the end, I got my camera, flipped it around and just zoomed in on the sections to show people like this is our launch runaway. This is our enrollment period. Um, I didn't share things like uh, how many student goals because you always want to have goals. Right. So I didn't share like goals in particular, but you can do that. But you can do this for any industry. Right. So I love this takeaway that I share with our students this morning. The goal is that you want to eat and breathe your niche. When you are, when you are creating content, 
Think about who you're serving. Think about what you are serving. How can it help them? So for example, I didn't just do this topic just to talk about niche. Like I, I could have skipped this. I could have went all the way to October with no podcast, right? And just kept posting vlogs, hell, from our travel that we ain't put up yet, even on YouTube. But I said, you know what? After talking about it with DTA, I think this will be an awesome topic to talk about on the podcast because I'm sure there are plenty of people, therapists or not therapists, that are still struggling with niche, but more so how to expand their reach in their niche online. And then I took it a step further. Instead of me doing a audio podcast, I said, let me record the audio podcast right here on GarageBand so that the sound is higher quality than just from my phone. But then also let me do a vertical video. Now, what can I do, y'all? Check this out. Um, and we're talking about high level like marketing. Now, what can I do because this video is now live? I can go after this video to my archive library. I can download the video. I can make snippets of this video and post it on Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, Pinterest, LinkedIn, like little 15 to 30 second clips, right? Um, I can also give this to my video editor and just have him put the words or the tips that I'm saying on the left side of the screen. Some of y'all have seen that, right? And those videos were not live. I just did it on Instagram and like another feature, right? Like no audience feature. And he can make it look like a workshop, right? (laughs) So like everything for me is always intentional. Even if I never use it, at least I have it. Okay, but at the end of the day, I am doing this for the benefit of my clientele. Okay, so um, let me wrap up by sharing with you all um, how the evolution of a niche can happen. Okay, so I gave some case studies of some of the mentors and coaching programs that I've been in, but I'll just give you the example of myself because you're here on my platform. Okay, so some of you are fairly new to me. I know we've had a lot of people get on our email list because I'm giving out like all the all these checklists. So if you want to know about anything that's free or super easily accessible, like under $30, then go to the link in my bio and check out like private practice tips, mini courses, because our private practice academy is not opening back until the spring, like in 2024. Okay. So um, let's pull it all together. When I first got into this field, I knew that I was a great teacher. I knew that I was a professor and teacher, you know, by nature that carried over well to me being a clinical supervisor. Okay. Now, while I was doing all this, while having a full-time job working at the jail and working at, uh, on a rotating schedule, three different, uh, colleges, including going to high school, teaching high school kids, getting college credit all the way up to the dissertation process. Um, I got so much feedback from all of these institutions that I was like, dang, like I'm really good at this. And sometimes it's good to like, you know, get positive feedback. So what ended up happening was when I was getting that feedback, I did start to show up stronger social proof, because once people start feeding value into you or pouring into you, your cup starts overflowing, not with cockiness, but like, wow, like people see the value in me. So I need to strengthen the value in me. Right. So during that phase, I started to get uh, people either wanting to be part of my group practice, wanting me to teach them what I did to start my solo practice. And then all of a sudden I had an influx of people like interns that said, hey, can I intern for you? Hence the birth of my group practice. Not ideal. That's what we teach in our mastermind. So from there, I had to adopt another version of me like a real CEO, like a for real one beyond a solo practice because I realized that systems were involved and that's why I teach what I teach beyond DTA because you can't just take what you do from a solo practice and think it's going to work for a clinic. And if you don't think about your group practice as a clinic, that means it's a side hustle and that means your group practice is not going to stay open that long, okay? Um, So 
I went from solo to group practice. And then again, as I started to attract more people that wanted to learn from me, it was one person that said, how much does it cost? I need to leave my job in 30 days. And I'm like, you want to pay me to do this stuff that I've been doing for free? I didn't ever see myself as a coach, but I did see myself as a teacher, which is why I show up and teach the way that I do. Okay. And why I'm like thorough. Okay. So People were eager to get my services. So I started to play around with it. Um, I also had the group practice at that point. I started playing around with digital products because I was developing core shells for hell, these people that was paying me. And the reason I knew how to develop course shells was because I was college professor. One of the colleges was like University of Phoenix, where initially they gave us the course shell, but you still have to go in there and personalize it. So I, I wanted to say that because some people also will say, well, why is she so good at this? Or how can she do this thing so fast? First of all, I wasn't born creating course shells, but opportunities presented itself in other areas of my career. And sometimes people see it as, well, if I can't develop it at that level or that quickly, I'm not going to do it. You have no idea what I did before I even became a clinical psychologist. I've been teaching since I was 25. I'm 42. Okay. So I got my first college class at 25. I was a TA even before that in my master's program. Okay. So bottom line is I start creating a lot of digital products. And then I realized that After I launched the academy program for private practice, I launched the mastermind because my clients were telling me what else they wanted me to teach them. Over time, I realized that there's somebody who can teach digital products better than me. So I had just, you know, taken a course from somebody two years prior and they opened up an affiliate program and I paid attention to it that year. So I joined the affiliate program, James Wetmore. Some of y'all are familiar with him from this past year. And so What I do now is I support our therapists with their already launched digital products. And if they're in our mastermind, they get way more one-on-one access. And most importantly, I can help them look at things from a HIPAA and APA ethical guidelines standpoint. But I'm not going to sit here and recreate what somebody's whole course shell has already created. Now, that may not be your thing. You may say, oh, that's my competitor. Okay, that's fine. But I'd rather focus on solo practice group practice and expansion services, because that's how I stand out with how I show up as my authentic self. But can I support the therapists who are in our mastermind programs with digital products? I can. But if they say, how do you do step one? How do you do step five? You need to go join (laughs) James Wellmore program because he gives you step-by-step Lego instructions. And then you will get my bonuses when you sign up with him through my link. And then you will also get his bonuses. Like it's, it's, it's easy peasy. Okay. So now what I focus on is again, solo practice, group practice and expansion, meaning getting into the community, working with nonprofits, getting into schools or colleges, pretty much like launching your services from a one-to-one-to-one one-to-many model. And that's what we're hyper-focusing on at the conference in Vegas um, in October. So if you want to learn more about the Therapists Deserve Abundance Conference, the link is also in my bio, okay? So the evolution that you see of me today was not the person who you would have met 10 years ago on Instagram with the handle TK Marie. Y'all can actually go and research my first Instagram page under Dr. TK. It's still there. It repopulated itself. I thought I deleted it and three years ago it came back up. So go and look how far I've come because your girl was just posting quotes. I was just doing anything to post, right? But Instagram also was not very business driven like it is now. Okay. So does anyone have any questions or on a scale of one to 10, how helpful was this for you to go through, if you were here the whole time, if not, I'll recap it. If you were here to go through all of the ways you could get more exposure. So let me just recap the names. 
Number one, you create more value-driven content. Number two, you engage with other influencers in your niche, but add value. Number three, create video content that's consistent and aligns with your niche. Number four, provide regular interaction. Uh, regular content. Number five, user-generated content. Pull your audience from regular interaction. And then if whatever they're asking for, you can pull into your content, pull it in. Ain't nothing wrong giving somebody a sneak peek. If you are the person that says something like, well, I don't want to give them the whole shebang because they're not going to join my program. First of all, most people join your program because they want you, not necessarily the course. They want you with how you teach it. Okay. So number six, share testimonials and success stories, but be ethically compliant. Number seven, um, if you do hashtags, make sure that you're using hashtags that apply to what you're posting and in your niche. Number eight, engage in trending topics that are aligned and relevant to your niche. Um, and make sure that you're getting relevant and up-to-date information when you do trending topics, because some stuff is not trending as of like Sunday, okay? So don't be like extra old. You got to really be on your feet if you're thinking about trending. Number nine is collaborate with complementary niches. And then number 10, is show behind the scenes. So DTA students, you now have all 10. If you're not in DTA, that is perfectly fine. Um, Again, we will be launching DTA again for open enrollment in spring. We'll give you more details around um, the beginning of December. Right now, we are in a very strict 90-day season called scale season. In the last four years that I've been running Branding for Abundance, which is the coaching business for therapists, fourth quarter is always dedicated to teaching therapists how to scale. The rest of the year is a mix of dripping some scalable content in there when our students ask for it. But majority of the year is how can you start diving into your lowest hanging fruit, your solo practice, if you desire, part-time or full-time, build the systems for it so that you can take the profits, a percentage of them, and feed your other streams of income. That is really, really important. So if you have any other topics that you would like me to talk about in this fourth quarter as it relates to scalability, just DM me. Now, if for whatever reason I don't respond to your DM, that means that I got lost in like that third or fourth Instagram box. So just like comment on the bottom of the picture and say, hey, I sent you a podcast topic. Like, I don't care. <laughs> and then I'll go and find it, right? Because now I have your name so I can search for your name. But we get spammed so much on Instagram. And if we're not engaging with one another, then I, you know, I really won't see it. Okay. It won't show up in my primary and general box. But let me know what other topics, like I said, one to come fairly soon is some personal development, business education around what to consider before you launch Facebook ads. And then I'll record a pre-recorded video to put on YouTube and just tell y'all where it's at when it's published about this is what um, from like a general sense, I won't teach you Facebook ads, um, but this is what like a Facebook ads manager looks like. And please know you can always hire an agency to run your Facebook ads, but how will you know if your ads are performing well based on how they set them up if you don't understand the basics of Facebook ads, right? So with that said, I am going to wrap up. I know that I've been on here for a while. It's almost an hour. So pretty good. About 45 minutes. Looks like a regular YouTube workshop, right? So this will air on the podcast at some point in the next seven days, I'm sure. We'll probably upload the content over to YouTube more than likely. Um, But again, hop in my DM. Let me know what other questions or topics you have. If you are interested in scaling your existing business um, and you're not going to the conference, we did give our DTA students a little bit of information. So I'll give you a, a little bit of a little bit. So people who are already in private practice, we have two levels 
of programming to offer, okay? One of the programs may not ever be offered to the general public ever again. We're only doing it because of the conference, okay? So there's a program called DTA Platt. It's like a second tier to DTA. And why we created that program was that we realized that some clinicians were not prepared, even in their mind and with strategy and back office setup to jump into our mastermind because not that I went over their head, but the year went by extremely fast, like with their cohort of like six to eight months. And it was just too much to take in. And that's sometimes why we do things more than one year. Most of our mastermind students do two years on average, but I, I want to set you up for success. I'm a, like I said, I'm a teacher at heart and I like have a matriculation process. That's what me and my friend have been talking about. Like, what is my matriculation process? So my matriculation process is typically DTA. DTA Platt will introduce how you can move from the one-to-one to -to one-to-many model. We teach email marketing. We do a lot of stuff. So just save the date, actually October 23rd, because something will be released on next Monday, but you do want to come and it's it, it's going to be a game changer for the fourth quarter. I never did nothing like this in the fourth quarter. Okay. So save the date for October 23rd, but pay attention next Monday. Okay. So we have DTA Platinum and that's more of a course with some extra perks, which I'll talk about starting October 23rd. And then we have our mastermind. I'm bringing this all up because in the link in my bio, there's something called the mastermind waitlist or the ECM waitlist. If you are interested in scaling your business, you want to get on that wait list. Even though we may send an Instagram blast and an email blast out to a lot of people, those people on that list are going to get extra things in which they will be more knowledgeable about what's coming up or they may be told first. Okay. And when it comes down to certain levels of programming, there are limited spots. It's not like a unlimited amount of spots, especially in the mastermind, because I'm only one person. And if we're talking about going from one to one to one to many, I only have a certain amount of availability for myself meeting with my clients one on one every month um, or throughout their program and giving them one on one access. So the mastermind is for clinicians who already have a business and they're generating 7K on a consistent basis for at least like three to six months. We'll be more clear in October. Okay. Um, the DTA Platinum program is you already have a solo practice, not a t-shirt business. Okay. You have a solo practice and you are making 3K or more. That means that you have consistent revenue, whether you're part-time or full-time, and now you're ready to entertain new information. But we would not dare put those programs together. It's too much information because DTA is already a lot. All right. So there's plenty of resources in the link in my bio. I will talk to y'all later. Please share this video once it publishes over to Instagram. Please go and share it uh, with someone else. Share it on your stories. Um, let me know because it wipes away y'all comments. And so if you can, I will greatly appreciate it. Post your comments about your biggest takeaway or what this workshop helped you do after it publishes as a replay on Instagram, probably in the next five minutes. I will talk to y'all soon. Bye. Listen, I am over here dancing. You just finished another epic episode of the Therapist Deserve Abundance podcast. Now, I know that flew by way too fast. So if you want more, please head over to our resource page at drtk.com forward slash links for additional abundant resources. Until the next episode, live intentionally abundant.